the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be January 4th, 2021. We've made it over to the other side. So glad that you have been able to make it with us over the other side of 2020. And what I want to do is basically... uh, Encourage you. Happy New Year, first and foremost. Happy New Year. Uh, glad to have you uh, with me on this Monday edition of Lifeline. You know the number, one 367 Beautiful day, rainy, yes. But we need the rain. We need to make sure that we don't enter into one of those dry spills like we did last year, where uh, more forest fires than we really could ever uh, desire occurred. So let's uh, let's let's be patient. Let's be uh, enduring. Let's be understanding about the rain uh, this uh, this early in the new year. Maybe it is a prospect of uh, more blessings to come. Again, I want to thank you for joining me on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. You want to begin to fill up the uh, phone lines. The number to reach me is one Triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Of course, of course, there's tons to talk about. I do want to say up front that there are a couple of very, very uh, important events that are coming up for us at Grace Bible Church uh, over the next two Saturdays. This coming Saturday, and I want everyone to be there who can make it. We are having our first, uh, what we call Arts of Grace uh, production. It's a, uh, a, co- a collaboration and a uh, composite, if you will, of different gifts and skill sets in the world of art and music. In fact, it's a, it's a presentation, if you will, of drama, narrative, spoken word, and music. It's designed to to challenge us to think about life. Uh, and it's really to draw, if, if, if you want to be honest about it, young artistic and gifted members of our society, members of our family, our, our youth, if they are anywhere from 10 to uh, young adults, uh, and they are discovering that they have the gift to sing, the gift to write, the gift to narrate, the gift to speak. You know, a lot of our young kids, even though some of us older uh, people, if we are baby boomers and above, don't particularly care for a lot of the secular genre expressions that our kids are getting involved in. But you do have to remember how it was when you and I were growing up. We loved a lot of the cultural things that were within within parameters, music, R&B, uh, jazz, blues, soul, rock and roll, things of that nature. Again, as long as we're not talking about degrading humanity or blaspheming God, it's all good. I love me uh, some some music across the spectrum 
and and God uses it. I'll, I'll talk about how that principle works here in a moment. But uh, Arts of Grace is having this Saturday at Grace Bible Church on January 9th, 2021, starting at 2 p.m. And our doors will be open at 1 p.m. for all of us to come out and enjoy a production called Our Identity and Our Adoption. Our Identity and Our Adoption is a profoundly important conversation for our time, a profoundly important conversation, and yet it's a true story, an evocative story of a beautiful young woman in collaboration with her Grace family, addressing the struggle and challenges of life from her mother's womb to the arms of her great God and Savior. It's definitely a story of redemption, but it's is dealing with struggle, has a very strong evangelical element to it. This is why we are encouraging uh, people who don't yet know Christ, who don't know God, who may be seeking or who may be really just curious about what the gospel is in a maybe a different format than our traditional context. Our young people are ready to share with them how they came to know the true and the living God. And again, the aim is to inspire our young people, our preteens, our adults even, with their gifts and talents to further employ them as a means of witness, evangelism, and apologetics, along with their, their parents. If you are a parent listening to me, and most of you probably are, if you have kids seven, eight, nine years old, and you know that they are starting to hum and sing, if they are starting to speak prolifically, if they are enamored with uh, theater, drama, movies, etc., perhaps, perhaps, they might discover how they can glorify God in the context of art. This is called the Arts of Grace. Our identity, our adoption is going to be a beautiful collaboration, as, as I said earlier, of uh, different men and women, young and old, across the spectrum, different ethnicities, as we have at Grace and are happy about it, to begin to actually turn this uh, period that we have been struggling with in terms of COVID year. 2020 was a COVID year. We really want 2021 to be a year of uh, taking root downward and bearing fruit upward. I'll talk more about that as the hour proceeds. But yeah, we want to just start kind of moving out of the closet, moving out of the dark room, moving out of our situations where we have been largely hijacked by our government to stay at home. Uh, and, and some of that has merit, but certainly we would love for you to join us this Saturday at 2 p.m. Doors open at one place, Grace Bible Church, 2450 Royal Avenue in Hayward, California, 94546. You know the number to reach us to get more details during the week, 886-9782. It's going to be our Arts of Grace project called Our Identity and Our Adoption. Now, for about 45 minutes, we're going to rock you with the sounds of grace. Our praise team and worship team is going to be jamming some uh, very inspiring as well as brand new music from, uh, from the Grace family. So definitely want you guys to come out and uh, be part of that this Saturday. You'll hear it on our Way of Grace program uh, as uh, our announcer will be talking about it this week. But if you want to get some details, call the office, 886-9782-510, area code 886-9782. And guess what? The week later, I think it's going to be the 16th of January, on the 9th, Arts of Grace, Powerful Time, on the 16th, we will be having, I think it will be our sixth or seventh rules of engagement. You'll hear more about that next week. Uh, 
But uh, for those of you who have come out, and we've had many couples come out over the years, we're going to be getting at it again. The rules of engagement are what we're going to be dealing with this uh, uh, January 16th. It's going to be called the keys to both our success and our failure in our marriages, the keys to both success and failure in our marriages. And what I want to be dealing with is some fundamentals that I think sometimes we miss when it comes to relationship. They're fundamentals. If you've been to our rules of engagement class before, you know how powerful it is, how redemptive it is, how crystal centric it is. But we're going to get down to nuts and bolts because what I have discovered over the year 2020, ladies and gentlemen, is that this COVID-19 thing with all of the politics behind it, all of the governmental influences and all of the limitations that have been imposed upon us naturally and unnaturally, synthetically, if you will, for all kinds of other reasons that we've talked about, it has done significant damage to relationships. It has tried men and women. It has broken homes. It has created escalating levels of divorce. It has created tensions. It has destroyed the quality of relationships between men and women. And if you're not married, I want you to be there. If you listen to me on Monday through Friday and you enjoy my teaching and preaching, pastoral insights, uh, you, you don't want to miss this. You definitely want to come and be part of our rules of engagement on January 16th. This week, Arts of Grace, come on out. You're going to cry. You're going to laugh. You're going to rejoice. You might even get up and run around the building for how powerful the Arts of Grace is going to be on the 16th week after this week, January 16th. Uh, we're going to have our hearts examined. We're going to have our minds challenged. We're going to be forced to have to open up and begin to evaluate how we are handling relationships. How how do we deal with people? And, and why is it that we find ourselves in problematic situations where we are either offending people we love and care about or being offended by people we love and care about. And really, I want to get at, the, I want to actually deal with the challenge of uh, the mystery of uh, the good that I would, I do not, the evil that I would not do, I find myself doing. You all know, like I do, that in marriage, it's a strange thing. Not only is it constantly, constantly challenged by the reality of, um, you know, of the spiritual warfare around that final paradigm called the covenant where Christ and his church are represented by marriages. I, we get that spiritually. But what is it that causes a man who says he loves his wife and a woman who says she loves her husband to act so poorly in a relationship with their spouse? Why is it that we say we love somebody and it really doesn't show up as love? Have you ever thought about that? Those are the things we're going to be dealing with. We're going to be dealing with relationships at the fundamental level and asking why is it that we either misdefine things and say we love each other, but we're doing way more damage, way more harm, way more hurt to each other than ever the concept and definition of love would ever admit. Why is that happening? Now, if you're under the sound of my voice, write that date down, January 16th. 1 o'clock p.m., we're going to be there for four hours. We're going to be deal with, dealing with exposition. We're going to be dealing with Q&A. We're going to be helping each other work through 
how to actually realign ourselves with uh, sound principles of relationships for the year 2021. All right, I'm way overdue for a break. I've got one line open, one 367 ready to talk about it, ready to press in, ready for your questions, your observations, your comments. Let's start the new year off right. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Want to hear from new callers as well. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back. And we are back. The time is five twenty one on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Like I said, I've got one line open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you want to join the conversation, start a topic. We can ferret it out. We can break it down. We can deconstruct it. We can analyze it. We can approve of it or disapprove of it. We are free people in a free country where we have the right to be virtuous men and women. And so uh, let's do it. Let's have the conversation. Let's try to go into the new year taking root downward, bearing fruit upward for the glory of God. You may have an issue. You may have a concern. You may have a burden. You might want to have it worked out. Besides coming out this Saturday, January 9th, and enjoying an Arts of Grace production that will bless your soul, join me the following week on the 16th where we will deal with relationship issues. The Lord knows we have challenges in that area. You do, and I do. And uh, it will be live streamed. All of this will be live streamed if you just need to stay at home. Um, and, and particularly on the uh, rules of engagement, I'll be calling for questions on the live stream as well so we can engage those of you who are at home. But boy, we definitely want a healthy turnout so we can deal with it on uh, in live, in person, together, working through our issues for the year 2021. Let me go to line number three. And talk with Dan in Sonoma. Dan in Sonoma on line number three. Are we there, brother? Yes, I got three things for you, and I'd be grateful for you to sort them out. Uh, the first sure, one is if we that, can. Um, I, I've been enjoying uh, Salvador, but I never heard the story of how it came to be, you okay. know, with the, uh, like your theme song for Way of Grace comes on. Yeah. And uh, uh, then the second one is, I was listening to Gina McCarthy recommending a real tight hold on uh, plastics and oil and uh, gas, natural gas in the United States, but she says nothing about China. And I wonder about this hypocrisy of being as strict as we are in the United States, but say nothing about this ally supposed of the United States, which is China. Easy. That's an easy an ally, in my opinion. That's an easy answer. Both of them are fairly easy, but uh, I'm looking forward to responding to that one. Miss McCarthy is just part of a system that we're going to have to be honest about in a few minutes because uh, it's be it's already that beast is already emerging up out from the multitude, as you and I know. But what would be your third uh, query or question, the brother? The third Dan? one is about it's about First Peter chapter two verse one. When mm -hmm. we were talking about relationships, I found myself thinking, here I'm believing in Christ, and I had not jettisoned my evil speaking and my malice and right. my hypocrisy. Right. And there's another passage in Ephesians that really says the same thing about evil speaking and malice that we yep. need to put aside. Yes, sir. And those are so fundamental. I appreciate you, too, because what I want you to do, if you get a chance to, even with our rules of engagement, I mean, you know, it's it's 
it's it's uh, fundamentally designed for uh, for married people. But I really am emphasizing this time, Dan, about relationships. Period. And and if I can, and this is what I always do in our rules of engagement series that if people follow us, I always say to the single people because I want them coming. One of the mistakes that single people make who are wanting to be married is waiting until they get into, let's say, uh, fiance mode or preparation for marriage mode or even in marriage mode before really having a clear understanding of what it takes to cultivate a good relationship. So I'm saying to the young people, young teens, young men and women who are talking about, you know, possibly a relationship down the line that they should definitely be availing themselves to the principles that apply across the board in all relationships. But more than that, at all times, Dan from Sonoma, Jesse from uh, Castro Valley, uh, Mark from San Jose, Jer- Jermaine from Alameda, and the whole host of my brothers and sisters who listen to this program, we are all in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our husband, and how we interact with him matters ultimately, and how we interact with him impacts how we interact with others. And so I'm going to start with uh, the third question first, because it's such a good way to to uh, encourage people to think through why we are not doing as well as we should um, in 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 our relationship context, and then we'll work our way back to both uh, uh, McCarthy's statement and um, the first one, which has to do with uh, Salvador, the music uh, musical group that inspired me to take the song that we use uh, for our um, opening theme on. Um, on our uh, Web Grace program, uh, we don't care what people say. We love Jesus anyway. Powerful album, uh, but n- when we read uh, chapter two of First Peter, verse one, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, and and really there he is talking about something that is general. Uh, that can be understood both in the book of Galatians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, as well as Romans chapter 2, because the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Spirit, as well as Peter, understands that the Christian life has to be one where it is dominated by the presence of the Spirit of God and the influence of the Spirit of God in a radical and relentless transformation of our character. And the words radical as well as relentless is what I'm going to be using two weeks from now when I talk about relationship, because what I have discovered, Dan, and all of you guys who are listening, is that when it comes to being something that God wants you and me to be, and that is representatives of of the new man, representatives of Christ in us, the hope of glory, uh, men and women whose uh, whose lips have been touched by the coals of the redemptive work of Christ on Calvary, as it were. Remember when Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6, you know, uh, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Well, our lips are attached to our hearts, and our hearts are attached to our natures, and our natures are in a real struggle uh, in terms of who will have allegiance over them. And I've talked about it for many years, how that I grew up 
in a world filled with profanity and cursing and, and bitter uh, expletives and expressions that the Lord had to arrest me uh, with a lot of that early on so that it wasn't a common vernacular for me, a common phraseology or a method of communicating just because I had become emotional. And I'm glad that he did give me the ability to control that significantly. Um, what Peter is talking about here as a solution to that is verse two, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So what's going on here? He's actually describing the word of God as a transformative component to our growth in the metaphor of a baby drinking milk. And if you and I were looking at how a baby avariciously with the kind of uh, unbridled uh, lust for the milk engages in sucking at the breast until he or she is full, and then sometimes so full that they uh, they are burping and, and crying because of air bubbles in their in their stomach. But the analogy there is hungering for God's word, not to just have it land in our head. Uh, so that we basically become knowledgeable of things that the Bible teaches doctrinally, but for the word to actually be transformative in our own walk. And herein is the key that uh, both Dan, I, and you know is the problem. So frequently are we engaged in the mere knowledge of God's word for the sake of telling other people what we know versus the word of God having the kind of imperative, authorial imperative to break us down, expose us for areas in which we are deficient and bring about a, a necessary transformation of fundamental weaknesses in our lives that, um, that we know um, are residuals, as the old reformers would say, of our fallen nature, residuals in that, as Paul said in Ephesians 5, let no perverse thing come out of your lips. Let not, nothing of any vileness or, or any un, double entendres, don't let anything that is corrupt come out of your mouth because in so doing, at some point, we're going to grieve the Spirit of God since our words play a major role in blessing or cursing. But James also lets us know, James chapter 3, in order to have the kind of lips that would bring glory to God more prominently than they do, we have to become mature. So the fruit of the lips, as Hebrews chapter 13 puts it, is a consequence of the root of Christ in the heart, bearing the kind of branches that will control our lips. That means our thinking has to be much more rigorously in alignment with biblical truth when we're talking to people and engaging people. And I know what it is, Dan. We are often lazy in certain contexts where carelessness allows for us to be unguarded in our words. You're talking about an extremely important issue here of bridling the tongue, controlling the tongue, making sure that we don't just let our heart pour out emotionally in a way that does not have a, um, a rigorous aim or a determined outcome that requires the kind of discipline that Peter talks about or Paul talks about in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 7 through 9, when he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. 
The word literally means discipline. So what you're talking about, Dan, is a matter of discipline. And that's one of the most difficult things we can discover in our lives as children of God when um, when we are dealing with roots that are old, patterns that are with us for a long period of time. And what we have to do is pray about it because it's not by human willpower that we overcome these kinds of patterns. It really is by the grace of the living God. Second point before I go to break, Ms. McCarthy is simply demonstrating what we have come to learn is the deep state. The deep state can talk as if it is down for everything right for America, but it holds back enough information and data to let us know that its allegiance is with the global agenda. And this is what we are facing in this remarkable, remarkable, traitorous, traitorous, treasonous, treacherous situation with the elections. And then going back to Salvador, again, a great Latino musical group in the past has a great album you can go online and listen to it hard to find i wish they had uh, sustained a long journey with christ in terms of the music world but they didn't but we don't care what they might say we love jesus anyway was in order that men and women might know that the radio ministry of grace bible church back in the day when we first started was all about preaching and teaching Jesus Christ and him crucified, proclaiming the gospel with an unapologetic zeal and energy and passion that I hope that people recognize is unique and different fundamentally from a lot of pastors and a lot of radio ministries that you've heard over the years. And uh, while we're trying to be gracious, we don't care what people say. We love Jesus anyway. Got to take a hard break. Thank you, Dan. Talk to you real soon. Got two lines open, 1-888-367-5329, 1-888-367-5329. Got to pay some bills, and then we'll be right back. And we are back. The time is 539 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got one line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One line open, one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. Happy to have you with me on the other side of 2021. We want to take root downward, bear fruit upward, and be authentic believers this year, bearing the kind of fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, Philippians chapter one nine and ten, so that uh, we can we can be m- much more productive and much more consistent and much more fruitful as the true people of God in this in this wicked and untoward generation. Let me go to line number two and talk with Jermaine in Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Hey, what's going on, man? Well, hey, you know, um, just keeping up with the current events of the day, I, um, I listened to the uh, notorious phone call that the media kind of played out of context. And the, the thing that kind of got my attention, which I want to ask you about, is I see a lot of Christians on both sides of the, of the political aisle as, as normal this time of year, but is it subjective or is it right or wrong for people to pray for their particular candidate, even if their candidate's principles don't align biblically? Because I hear a lot of people who are very justified in their own minds trying to, uh, quote-unquote, pray their candidate into power but there's no scriptures consulted. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that that's a fundamental weakness uh, of hum- human nature. Uh, people are definitely taking sides. This is 
This is the big trap of American Christianity that will it will it will prove itself here in a moment because what's happening now on the larger global scale, which is already in position, already uh, taking place in terms of this COVID event over the last year, what's happening, Jermaine, and you you already know because we have this conversation at Grace is uh, the transition that's about to take place in our world has already uprooted so many professing Christians uh, over the last 10, 20 years to where I no longer expect professing Christians to be consistently biblical. They, they're not, they're, they're just not. So when you talk political things like, you know, left, right, all they do is argue politically. They don't, they don't give you Bible verses. They don't substantiate uh, any kind of Christocentricity. They don't. They don't. They don't lodge a, a very sound biblical defense for being on the left or being part of the Democratic Party with the wicked platform. I mean, utterly wicked platform that it operates out of. They they don't have an answer for that, and that's because they are operating out of a out of a cognitive disconnect. It's just it's a cognitive dissonance. They don't mind. Uh, leaving the Bible alone when it comes to uh, the platform with which they operate. They really don't. And you're going to hear it uh, with theologians. You're going to hear it with professors and scholars in the world of academia, you know, in terms of them demolishing the inspiration of Scripture and torturing the doctrines of grace uh, relative to how God saves and who God saves uh, and, and, and it's already happening, the kind of syncretism into New Age uh, philosophy, postmodern gobbledygook that's entering into both our churches as well as our secular institutions. This is quite interesting. I was listening to, um, to uh, Newt Gingrich uh, talking about one of the liberal pastors who was praying, and, and, and he's not actually even saying he's liberal. He just happens to be African-American, and he just happens to actually be engaged in a kind of, um, of uh, uh, if you will, uh, gender, uh, gender battle, if you will, just uh, gender politics, gender identity politics. And he was closing out a prayer, and generally we use the term amen or amen uh, when we pray. And he said, amen and a women. And, uh, you know, it was all about uh, saying that we're not excluding women. We want women to be in on it. And it was a clear indicator of his utter ignorance of the original languages and even how the English uses the term amen, having absolutely no gender indication or gender category to the term whatsoever. And, and people were really wrestling with that. Uh, why would he go amen and, or a woman when in the Hebrew and in the Latin and in the Greek, as well as in the English, it is not gender specific. It's a neuter term. Well, it's because two things. They are just not careful about inspiration. What I mean by careful, they don't care. Postmodern thought has so fragmented, so destroyed, coherent, rational, logical uh, uh, language and discourse and conversation, they don't care anymore. They're actually into rebuilding new categories of speech, new categories of math, new categories of relationship. This is the abomination that make it desolate. This is God giving them over to a reprobate mind. You already know that. And so I say that to say this, what you and I are seeing will not be answered by 
rational reflection. This is biblical, and it's God giving people up to the third stage, and that is reprobation. You won't hear them giving rational answers. They will get rid of God. They will get rid of Christ. They will get rid of the gospel. They are not sinners. They are not in need of redemption. They are not on their way to hell. The Bible's wrong. Christians are wrong. And even those who are professing to be Christians are bringing in a new brand of Christianity. There's no doubt about that. That is a fundamental fallacy that's going on with them. And so, um, as I've stated before, you can talk with them and you can try to engage them, but don't get frustrated when they don't actually answer your questions rationally. Be sure that what you may very well be dealing with is a spiritual blindness, and there's no uh, intellectual or propositional uh, recourse there. It's simply praying for them and keeping it moving. As the proverb says in Proverbs 14, 7, cease from before that person. Go, flee, run when you perceive in them not the lips of knowledge. When they don't sound like God and they don't sound like God's word, they don't sound like the message of redemption in Christ, even though they profess to be Christians, then you know what you're dealing with. As Jesus says, you shall know them by their fruits. Um, I hope that answered your question. Was there anything else you had to say about that uh, or something else, Jermaine, before we go to break? Uh, no, you, you answered it perfectly. Um, yeah. I do think there are some, some individuals who, uh, who like to willingly blind themselves because they're, they're caught up in their own flesh wanting what they want as well. So I guess that's the point. No, that, and, and that's themselves. the point. No, that's the point. Postmodern, uh, 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 postmodern reasoning knows how to uh, pretend to be religious and have the world as well. We, we ought not to be surprised by that. Thanks for the call. Got to take a hard break. When I come back, lines are open. one 367 one Let's keep talking. I'll be right back. All right, we are back. The time, 5.52 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Happy New Year. January 4th, 2021. Let's go to line number one and talk with Mark in San Jose. Mark, what say ye? Well, you know, if the mayor of uh, Hayward was to ask you to do the invocation, would you do it? I would. Are you going to do it? No, no, I'm saying if the mayor of Hayward asked you to do the invocation to the city council there in Hayward. Would you go ahead and do the invocation? I probably would if I wasn't too busy with all kinds of other invocate, uh, uh, other uh, invitations. I might. I think that is important. I mean, you know, you know, you know how important it is to stand in front of our authorities, as long as they're not telling me how to pray or do the invocation. If, if Mark, can you can you imagine them letting me do the invocation? You won't be invited. But, you know, Micaiah, the son of Ermler, was on uh, February 13th, 2018 here in San Jose, uh, uh-huh. Sam Licardo or whoever, he did the invocation. Could I plan? It'll take about 15 seconds. And you can no. do his prayer. Uh, 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 15 seconds. What about his prayer? Tell me. Give me a, uh, give me a, a uh, tell me what was his prayer about. Just do a commentary. Oh well, he just he mocked God. That's what he did. He, uh, yeah, he mocked I don't want God. That. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. You, you and I know we don't. Yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. Go ahead on. The people clapped for him. 
You know, yeah. they, they Sam said, yeah, oh, amen, we'll amen that prayer. You know, and uh, his, he has a great name. But, uh, you know, in First Kings 22, uh, it's a really powerful story where you know the story I know. well. I do, I do, I do. I do, yeah. and and you know I do, and I the whole narrative there is a scenario in which you and I are living on uh, multiple levels, both politically and spiritually. There is no no doubt about no doubt about that, and it's going to grow increasingly glaring to us the irrationality and irreverence of the B system. It's sad, but it's true. And, and believers who are uh, committed to reality, that is truth according to God. This is what reality, truth is always reality according to God. Um, not our made up reality, not the figments of our imagination, not our idolatrous distorted schemes of things, but men and women who really want truth, they will begin to discover the madness of the, first of all, irrationality of postmodern stupidity that comes out of the mouth of men and women that has no scientific uh, roots in it. And then secondly, the irreverence. This is what we've learned about the beast in Revelation 13. He's irrational and he's irreverent. He blasphemes God. And that's where we are in our culture. Men and women are uh, boastfully blaspheming God because they have no fear of God in their heart. And that indicates a lack of moral integrity a lack of spiritual integrity. And, uh, and, and and when we reach that level, as I taught this Sunday, what God calls his people to do, Mark, is hold their peace because these people are fighting against God and he alone will answer that behavior. Believe you me, he will answer that behavior while they are rejoicing at what appears to be the demise of the two witnesses because they will be rejoicing under the false assumption that the two witnesses are dead, which would make them false witnesses, because God plainly says a false witness shall perish. And so this world is celebrating and gradually, incrementally celebrating the demise of the word of God, the, the as it were, diminishing of the prophetic witness, as it were, the uh, collapsing of the light of the word of God in our churches. It's rejoicing in the two witnesses appearing to fall. But you and I know that's only for three and a half days. So we have to hold our peace until God answers because God answers way better than you and me. He answers way better yeah. than us. And I've been singing that song now, like you said uh, a couple of weeks ago, Oh, come all ye unfaithful. Joyful and bright. That's so true. So you true, know, isn't it? That's the way to sing it. You know? That's right. That's exactly right. Amen. It's Thank true. You. Blessings. All right. So Mark made it over to the year 2021. Even though the Lord didn't come back, uh, uh, we are still eagerly waiting for his return because the return of the Lord will be, um, it will be the answer to all these problems. I've got... I think I've got three lines open now, one 888 one I got one more line open. I mean, one more line. I'm sorry. Let me see if I can do this before the break. Let's go to line number three and talk with Nelson. Nelson, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm at a hospital. Um, How come? I would just say, I just say the COVID, I'm working here. 
But um, you heard in at San Jose, um, Kaiser, 44 nurses tested positive. You call, you're calling this COVID thing an event like it's a baseball game. One out of every thousand Americans have died from COVID. Over 350,000 people have died. There's, over, there's not 350 million people in America. One out of every thousand people have died. And Trump totally politicized this. He is the most pro-death president ever. And you guys like MacArthur and James White and it, Robbie Zacharias, you, you, you blasted Martin Luther King for infidelity. You're going to go on Robbie Zacharias assaulting women? I mean, I would, I would totally, are, I would totally agree with you. Hey, 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 um, uh, Nelson, slow down. I agree with you. Just slow down, brother. Yes. You ain't called in a while. Well, slow down. Nelson. Hold on, oh, Nelson. Every, uh, first of all, Nelson, okay. Nelson, Nelson, I'm going to have you potted down if you don't stop. I agree with you. Don't go on a tirade with me because you know I don't go for that. You're, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to have you pod down so you can listen. Pot him down because apparently he just wants to just talk. It's ridiculous. I totally agree with Nelson on the uh, matters of infidelity and folly. I don't care who it is, Rabbi Zacharias or anybody that stands up and pretends to be a servant of the living God. And then we, if we actually factually discover that he's been doing what he did, if we've been dis- if we discover that he's been doing what he did, how sad that is. How sad that would be. How sad. But we're not tying him to Donald Trump. That's ridiculous. This is called this is called the bait and switch. This is what Nelson does. This is what the postmodernists do. It's called the bait and switch. We're gonna stay with the particular point that he makes. We can talk about Donald Trump at another time. It's so silly. Don't do that with me, Nelson. You know better. Let's talk about our brother, Ravi Zacharias, who happens to be dead now. Yes, him and Martin Martin Luther King as well. And many others have shown that they can say one thing. Good, hang up. They've shown that they can say one thing and do another. We all know. People chided me years ago when I said, you need to really check into Martin Luther King. Not only his uh, infidelity and behavior, but his doctrine. His doctrine was abominable. It it was just as leftist and liberal as today. And and many black people really wanted to chide me over that. I'm simply saying with the one true and living God, he doesn't care about your color. He doesn't care about your politics, Nelson. He does not care. He cares about righteousness. He cares about integrity. He cares about being a true witness. Now, let me say one other thing about the COVID before the break. You're giving me numbers. 350,000 died. That's a proposition. That's an allegation. You get those numbers from the World Health Organization. You get them from the FDC. I mean, the CDC. But let's get behind those numbers as many legitimate, valid doctors of all fields have done. Nurses have done. Workers on the front line have done. Let's get behind the numbers and see what the politics is that drives those numbers. For real, Nelson, 
I, I love for you to call and I love for us to talk, but you know, I don't go for the emotionalism and getting mad. That's not a conversation, brother. You lay out your argument clearly, coherently, rationally, and civilly, and then let me respond. I'd be glad to. I'm not emotionally driven. I know factually from so many doctors that are in Washington right now trying to talk to our senators about how the numbers have been jacked up. People have been dying from other things and have been tagged with COVID. You can go online and find that. Just like this wickedness going on about the voting. My prayer is that we would wake up to the reality of what it means to be diligent about facts. Diligent about the facts. That's all that matters. Forget the propaganda. Forget getting emotional. That does not matter. Christians are called to be reasonable, rational, sound, passionate, and committed to the facts, not emotions. I don't know. Maybe all the lines are open. one 367 And if you want to, Nelson, you can call back the moment you calm down and we can have a conversation as free men in a free country with a constitution that gives us the right to have a conversation, to dialogue, to debate so that we can get at what the truth is rather than simply being politically emotional. You guys pray for our brother Nelson. Pray for him because we would love him to be rooted and grounded in Jesus in a way he can represent the gospel the way that we all should. I got to take a hard break, but I hope you guys give me a call. one 367 5329 Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. one 367 5329 Let us be quick to hear and slow to speak and also slow to wrath. one 367 5329 The simple believe every word, but the prudent looks well to his going. I'll be right back. 